Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, depending on where you are in the world. This is Augie of the Blago Blabber podcast. I would like to welcome everyone to yet another episode, number 87. Uh, today, I wanted to talk about the preliminary squad uh, for Serbia heading into the Euro 2024 qualifying. The squad was announced, I guess, earlier in the week. Um, manager, head coach, whatever you want to call him. Um, Dragan Stojkovic Pixi put out a squad of 35 players and obviously that squad that needs to be cut down to 24 if I'm not mistaken ahead of the matches and yeah there were some surprises a lot of guys from the domestic league and then there were some questions about guys who maybe shouldn't have been on the list and other guys who should have and which I'm going to try to get into in this episode so I'm going to start off with the goalkeepers so Vanja Malikovic-Savic from Torino, Preda Grajkovic from Mallorca, Marko Dimitrovic from Sevilla, Vladan Kovacic from Rakov in Poland, Dragan Rosic from Radnic Kinish. So Vanja Malikovic-Savic has established himself as the first choice goalkeeper for Serbia. We saw him at the World Cup and we saw him in the Nations League matches, I believe, and some qualifying as well. He's kind of established himself as the number one keeper here. And I think he kind of, if my timeline is correct, he once he became the pretty much the starter in Torino is when he became the number one choice keeper for Serbia as well. There was a time where it went kind of between him and Rajkovic and Dimitrovic for maybe three, four months. And then he kind of took the throne uh, from the both of them and, and is now the number one choice goalkeeper for Serbia. And then after him you can argue who the second choice is or the third fourth fifth sixth seventh eighth choice goalkeepers are as of right now I would say that Predak Rajkovic is a second choice keeper and Dimitrovic is third maybe even fourth just because Dimitrovic doesn't play consistently at club level so he plays at Sevilla he plays in their Europa League matches and in terms of league matches that's Bono from uh, Morocco's goalkeeper I believe who is the number one goalkeeper there. So people might question why Dimitrovic signed there if he knew he wasn't going to be the starting goalkeeper. I don't think that was the case. I think it was an open race once he signed for Sevilla and then Bono kind of took that opportunity and was the number one choice goalkeeper for them. So I don't blame him entirely. If I'm not mistaken, he also plays in the Spanish Cup matches and as well as Europe. So he does get some matches in, but obviously he's not a starting goalkeeper like he was at Ibar, who was um, relegated. So he had to, you know, find a, a new home, so to say. And he just stayed, stayed in Spain and, and chose Sevilla, which is also a historic club. The goalkeeping situation is the least of our worries right now. I mean, when you take a look at the list here, and even Dragan Rosic is really good, but Georgia Petrovic didn't even make this list from New York Revolution. And he's someone who's been linked to Manchester United, if I'm not mistaken. And also Marco Ilic, who played in Belgium. And now he is on loan, I think, at Colorado Rapids. So those are another two goalkeepers that you have. Then you have Milas Villar as well, right? So we have goalkeepers. I don't think we've ever had this many. And if you think back from when Montenegro was separated from Serbia, we didn't really have one. There was three or four years where it was... Isilovic one game, then you would have Brkic, and then you would have 
I can't even remember who else was there. And then Stojkovic kind of took the throne in, in 2009-10. And he was the first choice for a while. And then now, you know, we have literally... I mean, four that we named here are, are very good. And then we have another three or four that we can depend on. So there, we literally have seven or eight goalkeepers that we can kind of keep in the rotation. Um, Vladimir Kvatric recently chose Serbia over uh, Bosnia and Herzegovina. So he's kind of on the list as well now. Rumors are that he could be leaving Poland very soon. Uh, Bayern Munich was showed some interest and so did Rangers. That's kind of died down a little bit, but I, I think he won like the best goalkeeper in Poland. So I don't think he's going to stay there for much longer. Going to look for a new league, new club to join. So again, that's another guy that we have. Dragan Osic, I mentioned, plays for Radnički Niš in, in the domestic league. So there's a lot of guys that you can depend on in this list. Honestly, God forbid if someone does get injured, next man up mentality. There's plenty of guys who can step up and, and be the number one. I think this is the one position where Pixie won't look to mess around too much. I think it's just going to be Vanya Malinkovic-Savic throughout the entire qualifying phase. I literally think that this is the one position that he's not going to mess around with too much going forward. He's the number one keeper, and we're going to keep it that way. All right, defenders. Nikola Milenkovic from Fiorentina. Uh, Strakin Rakovic, Red Star, Cervina Zvezda. Nemanja Gudel, Sevilla. Erhan Marsovic, Bokam. Nemanja Stoic, TSC. Strakinja Pavlovic, Red Bull Salzburg, Miloš Veljković, Werder Bremen, Serjan Babic, Almeria. So, this is, I think, the part of the pitch where we have more questions than answers. Firstly, because, one, I don't think we have a lot of talent at this position, apart from two players. And a lot of the guys that we call up, I don't necessarily think they play that much or are simply that good. So Strachinja Rakovic and Strachinja Pavlovic are the two guys that we're going to look to carry this national team for years to come. Nikola Milenkovic is in that fold as well, I guess. Veljkovic and, and Babic, I'm, I'm curious to see what we're going to get out of them. Veljkovic, I'm not too big on. I just don't think he's that good. Nastasic wasn't named to this list as well. Um, the questions are, are we still going with three at the back, which failed miserably at the World Cup? We all saw it firsthand. And I don't I don't want to say I don't know why we do it, just because we don't have left backs and right backs on this roster, or even coming up as of right now. So we're kind of forced to play three at the back, unless we want to use guys out of their positions playing in left back and right back. And those are the two positions where I don't want to use guys who aren't comfortable playing in that position. We're just going to concede stupid goals. We already do. And we're going to concede even more stupid goals if we keep doing that. So live and die by the, by the three at the back, I guess. And according to this list, we don't really, we don't have left backs or right backs. We've, we have wing backs, but no real left back or right back. I think Mladena, which is pretty much the only one who is, who can play as a left back or a right back. I think, I think he's very versatile, but in terms of, like natural left backs and right backs, I don't think we really have any on this list. Gudel has fully converted to a center back at Sevilla, where he's playing very well. I think that him always kind of playing that defensive midfield role, I don't think it was hard for him to maybe adjust. But now you can place him 
with guys like Irakovic and Pavlovic and be totally comfortable with that. Uh, Milinkovic is playing time as kind of declined just a little bit at Fiorentina. Curious to see what happens with that going forward. I don't know if that's permanent or not, but I think the last three matches he hasn't started or he's played a limited amount of minutes. So I think that's something to keep an eye on, like I said. Uh, Erhan Mazovic was really good for the national team when he did get a chance to play, and then unfortunately he got injured prior to the World Cup. And the sad part is I think that he could have provided Serbia with a little something at the World Cup if he was there. Because it couldn't get any worse. Nemanja Stojic, good to see him on the list. He's a 25-year-old player playing for Tsitsa. This experience should do him well. And we'll see what we can get out of uh, Velkovic and Babic. So like I said, like Gudel is fully converted. And even at Sevilla, he's pretty much their starting center back every match. And that's good to see that if there's one position where I would love to have some veteran leadership on it's I think that's one of the positions especially when you have two guys who are coming up in Pavlovich and Arakovic I think that's an excellent position to to kind of have as a where you can develop a leadership a leadership and then just a veteran player and good a few weeks ago scored a cracking goal I think he might have been playing midfield at that at that point uh, and I think this is these qualifying qualifiers will be very good for Irakovic because I think he takes the next step here during his qualifying phase where he cements himself as another great center back for Serbia for years to come. Him and Pavlovic, I think, are going to be very good these qualifying phases, and I think that they're going to start building a partnership for years to come. Still both very young players. You can have them for another 10, 15 years, and I think that starts with in this qualifying phase just because we honestly don't have there is no one in this back line who should keep those two out of the starting lineup, if that makes sense. So we'll see what happens. I don't know if that's going to start from the first match right away or if we're going to realize that down the road when we play more qualifiers. But I think this is something to kind of watch out for as the qualifying phase does go on and as guys do play more minutes. Um, Vidikovic and Babic will see kind of where they fit in. I think in that first match where we played Lithuania, if that's... If that match is out of hand, I think Pixie can start experimenting with some players. So different formations, throwing on different players to see how they fit those formations. I think this is where maybe Velikovic and Babic can see where they fit in. Babic, from what I've read, is has been pretty good at Almeria. So we'll see if he does get playing time. Uh, Stoic, I mentioned, it's great for him to be around the national team as a young player. And... I fear what we look like versus better competitions at this position in which we were a disaster at the World Cup. I think we allowed the most goals or something like that close to the top, which is inexcusable and we can't do that. So I'm just I'm just curious to see how we do against teams like Hungary. Hungary is a very good national team. Uh, against Montenegro, it's going to be a good rivalry. It's almost like a derby of the national teams. So that's going to be big as well. So... Those matches are going to be huge, and we'll see how we stack up against uh, those teams. I think we're better than Montenegro. Hungary, we'll see. I think we're we're kind of even. But we'll see how that works out. And no Stefan Mitrovic on this list. So his time with the national team could be coming to uh, an end as we see it. Unless maybe, God forbid, again, someone gets injured, and then you bring, in, bring him in as that sixth or seventh center back. But we'll see what happens with him going forward. He's still... Do not believe that he has announced his retirement from the national team or international play. So 
we'll follow that. Uh, midfielders. Filip Kostić Juventus, Vladimir Lučić Čukarički is on loan from Red Star. Uh, Mihailo Ristić Benfica, Filip Mladenović Legija Warsa, Ivan Ilić Torino, Uroš Račić Braga, Saša Lukić Fulham, Marko Grujić Benfica, Nemanja Maksimović Hetafe, Andrija Živković Pauk, Nemanja Radonić Torino, Darko Lazović Verona, Veljko Simić Vojvodina. So, two players from the domestic league in Vladimir Lučić and Veljko Simić. Uh, this part of the pitch with the so I said kind of like the back line there's there's questions about who kind of starts in the formations that we go with I think the midfield is kind of the same thing if that makes sense it's kind of the same thing but there's more talent in this part of the pitch than there was in the back line if that makes any sense so the first thing that kind of sticks out is players fortunate to be on the list. So Nemanja Radonin should be happy he's on the list. He's had a very subpar season with Torino. He got subbed on and then subsequently subbed off against Juventus where he didn't look too happy and he posted it right away on his Instagram story. Can't remember what the story was, but I think it was a bit of a shot at, at his manager. Uh, Juric, I believe his manager is. Uh, Uroš, Račić, Uroš Račić has been up and down with Braga. When he's good, he's outstanding. When he's bad, he is really bad. So that's, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say he's fortunate to be on the list, but it's kind of like, does he, where does he fit in? Is he even going to play with this national team? And Emine Maksimovic hasn't played much for Hitafe. He has the last few matches. I saw him starting to come on. So I think he's another player who's kind of fortunate to be on the list. So when you take a look at the names, only two, in my opinion, are guaranteed to start. And that's Kostic and Lukic. And again, a lot of this depends on formation and what we do going forward and how we plan on attack. The one thing that Pixie's always said, Serbia is always going to play attractive attacking football, which honestly we saw at the World Cup as well. Apart from the Brazil match, we attacked, we scored a lot, but we also conceded a lot. So I think I look at Kostic and I look at Lukic and I think those are the two names that I'll definitely see in the starting lineup. Again, I could be wrong. I, I just feel like those are the two guys that should be there. Marco Grujic has had an exceptional season with Benfica. He could possibly be in that midfield role as well. Ivan Ilic is transferring Torino as well, playing well there. Uh, so it's, again, a lot of this comes down to formation. Are we playing with wing backs? Are we playing with four at the back? What are we doing, right? So I think that's kind of where this is all headed and and. A lot of it depends on the formation that we do choose to play with. Um, like I said, Grujic has had a really good season with Benfica. Should Sasha uh, Zdjelar or Milan Gaic made the list? Both have been pretty good in Russia in their first full seasons. Mijat Gacinovic also had a shout to make the list. I think he's played well as well. Uh, I mentioned Erakovic has to make a name for himself in these qualifying. I think Ivan Ilic has to do the same. There was a lot of rumors when he was at Verona... Marseille was injured, interested in him and it looked like the transfer was all but done and that, that fell apart and there was Napoli who apparently at one time was in, interested and then he ends up going to Torino which is maybe a little bit above Verona where he was playing. Some people are saying that's a good step up because now he's playing with a team that's a, at least a little bit better to where he can get more playing time which he's starting to get that now. Now he's kind of incorporating himself into the starting lineup. We'll see how it does work out in the end. Um, but like, yeah, some of the players like Filip Modenovic 
plays in Poland. Darko Lazovic's run is, I think, coming to a little bit of an end. I think he's 32, 33 years of age, if not older. Andrzej Zivkovic was actually pretty good at the World Cup. So I think he's another player that we can, depending on the formation, if we play with wing backs, I think he's going to be in the starting lineup as well. So that's just the part of the pitch that, that's kind of... There's questions again, but there's more talent than there is at the center back position, if that kind of makes sense. And another question I had was, should Luka Ilic have made the team? So Luka Ilic plays for Tsitsa in the domestic league. So just to kind of look at some things, Veliko Simic's numbers, seven goals and two assists. Vladimir Lucic, three goals and two assists. And Luka Ilic, three goals and four assists. So Luka Ilic is the older brother of Ivan Ilic. So there's just kind of a question. I mean, I don't know how much Simic and Lucic are even going to play. But I just threw that out, Luka Ilic, because he has been one of the better, younger players sort of in the league. So I just figured I'd, I'd kind of use him in that in that equation as well, because that, that was a bit of a shot as well. And like I mentioned, Sasha's DLR and Milan Gaic, we don't, we honestly just don't get to see them play a lot because they play in Russia. But they've had really good seasons there as well. So should should Sasha's DLR have made the team over someone like Nemanja Maksimovic? I think that's a that's a that's a valid point and valid argument that you can make. Forwards. Stefan Mitrovic, Red Star. Filip Juricic, Sampdoria. Uh, Sergei Milinkovic, Savic, Lazio. Dusan Tadic, Ajax. Lazar Samadzic, Udinese. Um, Nikolas uh, Stulic, Charlois. I hope I'm saying that right. Alexander Mitrovic, Fulham. Lukajovic, Fiorentina. Dusan Vlahovic. I have Fiorentina here. Juventus. Uh, Daniel Valic, LA Galaxy. So this is the part of the team that has the most depth. And I included, I just went by how uh, Mozart Sport, the site, has the players listed. Sergei Milinkovic-Savic isn't really a forward. He's a he's a midfielder. But I just included him in this part uh, because he is an offensive player. Or I think they include him because he is an offensive player. So this is the most depth by far. I mean, Mitrovic and Vlahovic alone. And then you add guys like Tadic, Sergei Milinkovic-Savic, and even Jovelic who's been pretty good in LA, in the MLS, and it's easily the part of the team that has the most depth. Sergei Milinkovic-Savic and Tadic need to pull the strings for this team like always. I think when they play extremely well, this team is unbelievable and very difficult to beat. Sergei Milinkovic-Savic was very critical at the World Cup. I once again don't think he had a good World Cup. He had that first half, I think it was against Cameroon, where he was really good. The rest wasn't that great, I didn't think. So, again, this is another qualifying phase where he's going to get to prove himself a little bit. Looks like he's all but done at Lazio. I think he's going to get a transfer out of there soon. Dusan Tadic, like I mentioned, he's one of the best assist men in, in, in world football. But he's also getting up there. And I think during this qualifying phase, we're going to need someone to step up and to say, you know, when, when Dusan Tadic is officially retired from the national team, we have this kid, whoever that is, that can kind of step in and fill his shoes. And I think that's what uh, Lazar Samadzic is there for. Okay? Uh, Mitrovic and Vlahovic are the standouts up top. Like I mentioned, Jovelic has been really good in LA for, I guess this is his second season now. Last season, he came off the bench a lot, and he scored actually a lot of goals off the bench. And when he started, he played well as well. When that transfer happened, caught a lot of people off guard. I was the same way. I just... <laughs> It was very interesting uh, that he chose the MLS over uh, some other league. But yeah, 
That's what he chose. And I think new boy, Alazar Samadzic, he made the list, obviously choosing Serbia over uh, Germany. Which I honestly, I didn't know if he was going to make the decision. Because I think German football is in a little bit of a transition as well. And they're kind of looking for new blood as well, young players. And I thought that Lazar would would actually choose Germany over Serbia. But I'm glad that he chose us over them. Again, he plays for Udinese. He has an interesting role there where he comes off the bench as well. And he produces, kind of like Jovalic, he really does produce when he does come off the bench. Feels like he scores every time that he's brought in. It really does feel that way. Um, Juricic, I think, is fortunate to make the list. I don't think he's played that well for Sampdoria. I've watched some of their matches... He just doesn't really make a difference anymore. His best... Well, I remember watching him play for Sassuolo against uh, when Tisebri was there. Like, he was outstanding. He was everywhere. Dealing assists, scoring goals. And I think he's just taken a, a bit of a step back in his career. And he's starting to approach that age where he's 31, 32 years of age. We'll see what his next plans are. You know, heading... You know, his career kind of winding down. Um, Jovic is trending down as well. Last four seasons have been terrible for him to say the least ever since he made that move to Real Madrid he just hasn't been the same player he's picked up some injuries hasn't been playing hasn't been scoring all this other stuff and I I criticized the as soon as as soon as the transfer went down I just didn't think it was the right move to make I think it was too big of a step going from Eintracht Frankfurt no disrespect to them to Real Madrid and it's funny because Ante Rebic did the same thing and I don't think his career has been the same either I don't think he's been that much better since he left Eintracht Frankfurt as well so he's starting to trend down a little bit as well. Um, yeah, just like I said, the, the move to Real Madrid never really worked out. Suffered some injuries. Hasn't really scored much for Fiorentina, although I think he has three or four goals in the last five or six matches for them. So that that's great to see. I'm never going to give up on a player like him because he does have talent. I just don't. I just don't know what it is with him. He just doesn't seem to be able to produce at a high level. Maybe the Italian football doesn't work for him. Like the style of play doesn't work for him. I think he was good in the German league and he was comfortable and he should have stayed there. I mean, it's in hindsight, it's very easy to say that now. Once we've seen that the move to Real Madrid never really worked out and he's having a tough time at Fiorentina. Sometimes he starts, sometimes he doesn't, right? So just something else to keep an eye on. Uh, Jorge Jovanovic. I would have taken him over Nikola Stolic. Jovanovic has 41 goals in the last two seasons uh, in Israel. And I don't know what he has to do to make this team. I honestly thought that he should have made the World Cup team over someone like Jovic, because Jovic wasn't playing well, and I said his spot shouldn't be guaranteed. I get it that it's not one of the best 10 leagues in the in Europe, but he's scoring at a, at a high rate. So I don't know what he has to do to, to kind of get his name on the list, and it feels like Nikola Stolic, no disrespect to Nikola Stolic, who now plays in, in Belgium, but I thought that Georgi Jovanovic is track record of scoring goals in the last two years. And even when he was in the Serbian league, uh, Čukaricki is just a very good striker. Uh, Stefan Mitrovic and Lazar Samaric represent the next wave for Serbia. And we're, hopefully we're going to see that in this qualifying phase. Again, I pointed out Irakovic and I pointed out Ivan Ilic. Hopefully these two guys are going to be able to carry Serbia for, for the next 15 years to come. So at every position, we kind of have guys who Serbia is looking to kind of carry us throughout the next decade at least. You can say that it's Vladan Kovacic in, in goal, and then you have Irakovic, Pavlovic, and then Ivan Ilic, and then you, know, you have Samarjic and, and Mitrovic. 
By the way, different Stefan Mitrich, not the defender. So what to expect from these matches? Uh, two matches in three days means we probably don't see our best starting 11 in this at, in this part of the tournament, at least in these two games. I think for both ma both matches, we'll mix up the starting 11. Again, two matches in three days is a lot. I expect to see two different formations. Uh, Pixie mentioned after the World Cup that he will try something different because the three at the back really isn't working. So what that something different is and who plays in what role, I don't think we really know. Depending on the result in the first match, we could see a change in formation. So if we're up by three or four goals in the 60th minute, I think players may be playing different roles. I think a different formation for sure if we're up by three or four goals. But we might see some players playing um, different positions as well. Again, if, if the result kind of suits us. Uh, as always, I expect offensive football. We have, to, have, we have a ton of goal-scoring prowess in, in Vlahovic and Mitrovic. Plus, when you add Tadic and Sergei Milinkovic-Savic to that equation, and it's like, who else joins the party, right? Like, like Samadzic we have there. Stefan Mitrovic, again, we'll see what his role is, but Jovic can score as well, especially for the national team. He has a really good goal-scoring record, but you know what I mean? Like, which star is going to be born in this in this qualifying phase? And it really is who else joins the party because um, even though we have all these guys who can produce, we're going to need even more. And one of the main questions is like, what, what does the back line look like? Three center backs, a back four, a back five, a back four would include... I mean, it would mean that Mladenovic, Lazovic, or, or Ristic drop to left-back or right-back positions. For Ristic, for Ristic, it's not it's not a foreign position because he does play that kind of now. I think he played that at uh, Montpellier, and I think he does play when he does feature for Benfica. I think that's the position that he does play as well. Not a foreign position for Lazovic either, I don't think. Mladenovic, when he was coming up from... Uh, um, Borat that was his position when he was a Red Star that was his position and for the national team that's his position and he can really whip in the ball and feels like they, they always find Vlahovic and Mitrovic so I have no issues with him playing there as well Zhivkovic as well has played there at the position so he's obviously someone else who can um, kind of step in there and, and produce so ultimately we're still waiting for a left back and a right back natural ones to develop in this country and I don't even know if we have that in the in the U21s. I know we don't really have someone who's going to take the thrones. But I hear a lot of good things about the U18s and 17s. So hopefully we can develop these players because we definitely... It kind of stagnates your team when there's only really one position or one formation that you can play with either three or five at the back. You can't really go with four at the back and then kind of do your thing in the midfield there. And hopefully there's no World Cup hangover. I think that's the most important part here. We were very poor. Our performance was like a 3 out of 10 in the World Cup. And hopefully there's no there's no World Cup hangover. Hopefully we've, we've solved some of our problems that we have. And that's leaking goals. And we just can't concede easy, stupid goals. We obviously have the attacking prowess going forward to score a ton of goals. But we can't, we have to keep clean sheets. We can't concede stupid goals. And we can't draw, 
you know, games that we should be winning by two or three goals. And overall, looking at these two matches against Lithuania and, and Montenegro, it's imperative that we pick off, pick up all six points. Uh, very important that we take six. Because then once the the better teams come along, I mean, obviously we want to win all the matches, but it's important that you that you beat the teams that you should in this league, and it'll make qualifying that much easier for us. So yeah. Um, Velko Birmanjic is also another player that I think I've brought up before who went to Toulouse now and isn't playing that much. He left Malmo. I think he's someone that for sure I thought I would see on the list by 2023. But he just run into... just doesn't play it a lot. He features off the bench sometimes, but in terms of starting, he doesn't do that too much. So he's another player that you kind of had high hopes for. It's still not done for him. He's still very young, but uh, yeah, just another player that we're kind of hoping to see make his name. And uh, I think we will pick up all six points in this in these two matches when we should because we have a very good national team. Like I said, there's a lot of questions, but there's in terms of attacking, we're, we're able to score goals with the with the best of them. So and I think we proved that at the World Cup. It's just that we leak goals at the back. Right. So that can kind of make your qualifying phase a little tougher. So that's the show for today, guys. Thank you for listening. Remember, you can hear this podcast on Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, or wherever else you listen to your podcasts. So once again, thank you for listening, and we'll catch up again uh, down the road. Take care, guys.